If you have a Bible, open it to Mark chapter four. We'll get there in about 15 minutes. Today we're going to talk about the kingdom of God uh, because the kingdom of God is a real place with a real king in it, with a real constitution in it, with some real laws in it, with a real atmosphere, with real people in it, and you need to be able to find it. The kingdom of God is a real place and it's not heaven, or we could say it's not just heaven. The Bible uses the term interchangeably, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. It's not just way off where God dwells on the throne with Jesus next to him. The kingdom of God is actually a spiritual realm that everyone can be in now. Well, if that's true, you need to be in it. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So only born again people can be in the kingdom of God. He said, except a man is born of water and the spirit, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What in the world is he talking about? Where's the kingdom? The kingdom of God is not observational. Jesus said, do not look here or there. See, there it is or here. He said, do not, it does not come with observation. You cannot see it with your physical eyeball. He said, for the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside you. What? Yeah, the kingdom of God is in us and among us as we're connected in the family of God, in the body of, you can't see the body of Christ formed as a body, but you can see one another. And when we get together, we can experience the family of God and the body of Christ. Isn't that exciting? Spiritual stuff can't be physically detected. So don't be looking around for the kingdom. Don't, don't be looking around to try to make sure that the outward stuff looks like we rule. It ain't happening yet. Right now, the kingdom of God is where we rule. Right now, the kingdom of God is within us, and you better learn how to tap in there. You need to live from the kingdom. It's where all Christians are supposed to live from. And so we need to learn a few things about it, because the kingdom of God has a system to it. It's a place with a king where God actually rules. He has dominion in the kingdom, and you and I have dominion in the kingdom. You better learn what that means. You better figure this out, because... Healing is part of the kingdom. Deliverance from demons is part of the kingdom. Jesus said, if I cast out demons with the power of God or with the finger of God, he said, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Healing is part of this. He said to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. So there's a whole deliverance, delivering the message of the kingdom. The Bible says that the law and the prophets were until John, but since then the kingdom of God has been preached. The gospel of the kingdom is important for the world to know. And once you hear the truth, you get to come into the kingdom. Once you believe in Jesus and receive him, you're born again and you can enter into a whole new realm of living. But you're gonna have to get familiar with it because it's different than the way you were trained in the world. Everything the world taught you is wrong, you're going to have to learn a whole new system. It's like, where, where were you born? Well, I was born in 
Wherever you were born and raised is how you think and act and live. It's the perspective you have on life. Wherever you were born is how you think and act and live. Some people were born in a strange place. <laughs> Anybody born in the Grand Cayman Islands? I was, I was there for vacation one time, and it's a strange place. I rented a, a Jeep from the airport and I almost had three wrecks going to the hotel because <laughs> they drive on the wrong side of the road. The whole system of living is different over there. And if you don't learn the system, if you don't learn the rules of that system, of that kingdom, you're in danger. Same thing here. You're going to have to relearn how you live life. You get born again, you come into a new kingdom with a new system and a new king and a new rule and new laws. You better learn those laws so that you can function properly and not have a wreck. I, mean, I, was, a, I, was, a, I was a wreck myself by the time I got to the hotel. You're not accustomed to having to look the opposite direction before you turn, such like that. So uh, the kingdom of God is in you. We could say God's rulership is in you. He's not going to force you with outside laws to act right, live right, think right, be right. His rulership is supposed to be in you. Royal dominion is in you. Remember the Lord's Prayer? What's the first... Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What you're praying is, God rule in me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. People just kind of say that whole thing as a memorized passage. It doesn't do enough for you unless you know what you're really calling for. Thy kingdom come, let your system come. Let your, let your kingdom rule here in my life and my home and my future. You could say, Father, come reign in my life is what, thy kingdom come, come reign in my life. Banish all alien allegiances. Deliver me from the world and show me how to live in your kingdom. Guide me into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Help me not bow to the world and the devil and my old nature. I'm living a whole new life. So the kingdom of God's a big deal. Like the kingdom of God is pretty much everything that the Jews waited on. They wanted a new kingdom so that they could rule in life. The problem is they were looking for a physical one. And that's why even till the very end, they're still looking for Israel to be saved and elevated into a kingdom that rules the world. Jesus said, no, no, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Right now we're doing it spiritually. Jesus is coming back to rule this whole world. There will be a day when the Lord Jesus Christ's name is on every government of every nation, of every city, of every state. That time has not come yet. Right now we're going to have to do it spiritually and do it his way. Praise the Lord. But in this kingdom, holiness is part of it. You're going to live in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to clean up. It's like little popcorn amens. Pop, hmm, pop, hmm. If I said out loud, God's going to bless you, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> In this kingdom, there's no pride, there's no prejudice, and there's no book, the pride and the prejudice. <laughs> In this kingdom, there's no pride, there's no prejudice, there's no racism, there's no trafficking, there's no abortion, there's no adultery. In the, if you live in the kingdom of God, you won't have those things. 
Most of those things are birthed out of pride and self-seeking. The kingdom of God, no. Everybody's all humbled down to the bottom. I mean, humbled down all the way to the bottom. That you are nothing of yourself. Humbled all the way down to, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you have any pride in what you look like or where you're born or what race you come from, you need to go a little lower. Because the kingdom of God, only the humble get exalted. And so you and I recognize the love of God does not allow any prejudice, no racism, no weirdness, no self-exaltation, no fights, no offense. The love of God does not allow offense. You're going to have to learn how to live this way. And so what I always say is if you detect any pride in yourself, you better hide it. You better work on it. Don't let anybody see that until you squish it out of you. If you find any pre- prejudice in you, any race, if you detect any racism or prejudice in you, you better hide it and fight it and squish it out of you and let the love of God deliver you from that stuff. Don't let anybody in here see it. It's my job as pastor to say enough from the, the word of God that you have enough resource and power to overcome your personal problems. So that's a personal problem if you detect those things in you. And I'm counting on you by the Holy Spirit, you fight and get it out of you. Because we're not expecting it around here. So that's why I say hide it until you get rid of it. It's not allowed in the kingdom of God. And if, if we're going to give any hope to the world, it's with the kingdom of God. The only hope for the world is to get them out of the kingdom of the world and into the kingdom of God. It's the only hope for anyone. Now that should have been a whole microwave popcorn bag all at once. The only hope for the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you, can, if you can't get them into the kingdom, it's worthless. Are we in Mark 4 yet? Mark chapter 4. What's the driving force of the kingdom? Mark 4 explains it. Jesus said it this way. Very, very odd, maybe strange way to say it. Um, but it, it, it sure puts things together and helps. Listen, if you'll get this principle, it'll help your Christian walk for the rest of your life. You have to understand how the kingdom works. It doesn't work from the outside in. It doesn't work from setting up systems and circumstances and order on the outside. This is how the kingdom operates. If you can understand this, you can understand pretty much everything about Christianity. You'll even understand your salvation if you can get this principle. When, we, when we're out there and we're telling people to be saved, all it takes is believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. What? That's all it takes? It doesn't take a lifetime of trying to obey perfectly? That's all it takes to get into the kingdom is just to believe it and say it? I know some Christians still aren't convinced of that. 
They're not. They want you to become a Christian, receive Jesus, and then do all these things for the rest of your life in order to claim that you're saved. When the Bible says, no, no, not by any of those things are you saved, nor do you keep your salvation, but by believing in Jesus only. The kingdom of God is a, it's a crazy system. We think, hey, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. God will make sure. But God's kingdom operates different laws, different systems. The law of faith is different. And that's why people, something bad happens. They're like, well, God, I've been pretty good lately. How come? Has nothing to do with it. Or some, some, somebody who's not living a good life gets some good stuff happening to them. God, how come you're letting all that good stuff happen to them? Because the kingdom of God doesn't live like that, doesn't operate that way. So anyway, let's go to the book, the book of Mark here and uh, find out what Jesus said. Verse 26, he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Okay, you got it? You understand how the kingdom works now? <laughs> then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. Seems insignificant. This kingdom stuff seems insignificant. But when it's grown, it grows up, becomes greater than all herbs, shoots out great branches so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. The kingdom of God is as if a man should plant a seed. Go back to chapter, uh, verse three, chapter four. Four, verse three. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. I must skip that part of it. He threw seed everywhere. Some went on good ground, some didn't. Skip down to verse 13. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So this is kind of the anchor point for all the rest of Jesus' parables. The sower sows the word. So all this seed planting, all this farmer and seed planting is about sowing the word, speaking the word, planting the word, proclaiming the word, believing. It's all about the word of God getting planted. So the sower planting seeds everywhere is like the preacher or the believer saying words everywhere, particularly the gospel, spreading it everywhere. Sometimes it falls on good hearts. Sometimes it falls on not so good hearts. But bottom line is we're going to say the gospel everywhere. You, you guys are supposed to be telling the gospel all week long all over Houston or Austin or wherever y'all are at, Carolina, wherever. Everywhere around the world, we're telling the gospel everywhere. So if y'all will hurry up, Jesus may come. But notice that the kingdom of God is about planting words, casting seed into the ground, and then sleep. So sleeping is part of the kingdom of God. Should sleep by night and rise by day, the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Uh, but then a miracle happens. Boop, it pops out of the ground. Ha, huh, look, something's happening. You know, for about a week, nothing happens. You ever planted a seed? 
Nothing happens. It's like, oh, just keep watering. I don't know. Is it going to come up? Is it going to come up? Is it going to come up? I don't know. Just keep doing it. Well, if you have any confidence, if you have any understanding, you know it's coming. You follow the principle, you know it's coming. Well, if you'll live your Christian life that way, it's coming. Miracles, they're coming. If you'll follow the principle, they'll come. Miracles don't happen by magic. Miracles don't happen by God being in a good mood. Miracles don't happen because you formulated the perfect sentences to God one day. Miracles happen because of principle. So if you'll just plant that word, let's say plant your belief. Plant my belief? Yeah, if you'll just plant your belief and keep believing it and keep believing it. In seven days, poop, ah, there's a little hope. There's a little sign of hope here. And then if you'll keep on and keep on and keep on, don't dig it up, don't chop it down, don't get all doubtful, don't get all worried. All of a sudden, within a little while, it could be three minutes, it could be three weeks, could be three months, boom, miracle happens. A miracle, look at this corn. Yeah, well, it was a three-month miracle. But that, that corn came out of that one little kernel. It's a miracle. There's a miracle in the seed. Where's my miracle? It's inside the seed. God, where's my miracle? Well, it's inside the seed you plant. Have you planted a seed? What do you mean plant a seed? Have you believed a scripture? Well, I believe all the scriptures. Have you planted one on purpose? If you can plant a scripture from your heart out of your mouth on purpose into the kingdom of God, which is inside your heart, it will grow and you'll get your miracle. You need to find a miracle scripture, plant it on purpose with your own heart and your own mouth, say it like you mean it, pray it like you believe it and settle it. For many Christians, their, their Christianity, their history has been well, I'm just going to start praying a lot about it. I'm just going to start praying a lot about it. I'm just going to pray a long time. And if I just pray a lot about it, and, and maybe God will finally, one day, I'm just waiting on God. I've been praying a lot about it. I've been praying a lot about it. I've been praying a lot about it. Why don't you believe something? And then say it like you mean it. And then leave it. Stop plucking it up and praying again, plucking it up. How come nothing's happening? 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 Y'all said if I just pray, y'all said, where's God? God, I've been praying about this. That's what your double-minded Christian praying sounds like, looks like. It's like you, you need to believe something, plan it on purpose and leave it. And believe it's coming. Throw a little water on it. If anything, just throw a little water on it. What does that mean? That means when you think about it, think, glory to God, I planted that seed. Thanks, God, for that scripture. Quote the scripture back to yourself. Thank God for it's coming. Glory to God. I'm so thrilled. Glory to God. Boop. Yep, see, I knew it was coming. Now, don't put the sickle in when it's that tiny. Don't tell your testimony till you get the fruit from it. Just keep following the system. Keep living by principle. The principle of the kingdom is how you change everything in your life. You can change your behavior this way. You can change your character this way. You can start walking in love with your fellow man this way. You can get nicer this way. Some of you need to plant some nice seeds. Stop being so mean. Stop being so ornery. 
Now, we know you're not mean and ornery here because we have an usher team and we've trained them how to. But at home, sometimes you think you have liberty to be ornery and mean and not nice. I'm mad at you. Can you tell? I'm mad at you. I'm not happy with that. You should not be that way. You should be a Christian at home. And if you recognize that you're mean, you need to fix yourself with the kingdom principle. You need to plant some scriptures. Oh, I walk in love. I'm an imitator of God like a dear child. I'm good, created for good works. I'm going to be merciful, patient, long-suffering. Find you some scriptures and say them. You want something to change in your life? Find a scripture and say it. You want to change your future? Find a scripture and say it. You want to get a miracle for your life? Stop praying thousands of words. When you come up to get prayed for here in church, we don't want the altar team to be praying thousands of sentences over you. What I expect is that one or two very piercing scriptures will be quoted and one declaration of healing, deliverance, or salvation will be said. That's good seed planting. And then if you're getting prayed for and you hear a couple of these words said or sentences said, don't walk away thinking, well, they didn't even pray long enough for me. You should be taking that seed into your heart and guarding it with all you got. If they said, be healed in the name of Jesus, you walk away thinking, I am healed in the name of Jesus. This is how, this is how you receive from God. You got to plant that seed and protect that seed with all your might. You don't pray, oh God, take care of all my financial needs in Jesus' name, and then go out of your prayer closet and tell the family, I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what, can I borrow some money from the kids or something? I don't know what to do. Start calling people, hinting about your need. That's not how you do it. Listen, that's not how you do it. That's not kingdom living. That's wimpy stuff. You trust God. You find a scripture and trust God. This is about you relying on God. When I plant that little seed into the ground, I'm relying on that ground to do its job. When I plant a scripture in my heart, into my spirit, I'm relying on God to do that miracle part. I'm relying on him to give the juice to it and make sure his word comes to pass. I planted it. Nothing's touching it. It's coming. In spite of what the symptoms said, in spite of what the people said, in spite of what my own doubts say, I'm trusting God. I'm saying nothing to the contrary. I'm not going to pray in faith at night and get up worried the next day. No, 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 no worry. You stay in the bed. I'm going to work. This very symbolic, remember over in Genesis 8 when uh, uh, Noah got off the boat And God put the rainbow and God made a covenant and a promise to Noah. And he said, okay, I promise that from now on, I'll never destroy the earth again. From now on, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. 
and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night. Those things will never cease. We're always going to have that sun and that moon doing its thing. I mean, except in Houston, it's summer only. No, no, even in Houston, guess what happens? Winter comes. And then y'all are complaining because it froze. Houstonians are great. Complain when it's cold, complain when it's hot. We don't know what, we're stuck. I'm different. I, I like the heat. And in the winter, I like the heat. Uh, what you have to realize is everything God does, everything God does, it's not by, you know, uh, looking at his mood ring. It's not, it's not, well, what do you think? What do you think, Jesus? You in a good mood today? It's not magic. It's not like it's got to be on the timetable or it's never going to happen. No, it doesn't work that way. The way God does, if he, if he, if he wants to do anything, or we can say the way God does everything is with a word. Always has been. He wanted to create a whole earth. I got to say something. And he said, let there be everything that is. He said it. If he wants to do something in your life, he's going to say something. And he needs you to do the same. Remember, speak the word only, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. Jesus healed with a, with a word. He preached the word. He healed with the word. He cast out the spirits with a word. If you want a demon to come out, you don't shake holy water on him. You don't hold the cross out. You don't do superstitious garbage and mumbo jumbo. No. If you want to get demons out of somebody, you must say the word. And then once you say the word, don't go looking for oil. Oh, I need some oil, some holy oil. Well, I don't know. I got some from the grocery store. That's not good enough. It's got to come from Israel. Israel. Olive trees. Olive oil. Must be olive oil from Israel. No, kingdom works with a word, not with your superstitious mumbo jumbo. Think of how much superstitious stuff Christians have done. Well, I'm not going to buy, I can't buy six bananas. I must buy seven. I must buy seven bananas or three bananas, three or seven. It cannot be five or six. Garbage. Don't live your life that way. Go home and walk under the ladder. Get yourself over it. Kingdom, kingdom of God, kingdom of God living, not flaky, superstitious religiosity. <clears throat> even John 15 says that he even cleans us with his word. Everything he does is, you're born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Everything God does, he does with his word. His word is high and elevated. It's necessary for all of us. And you better start believing it. And you better start planting it. And you better start meaning it. Don't give me thousand scriptures. Give me one that you believe. Say it with all your heart. Settle it with all your heart. Walk away from the prayer time with it in your heart. Man, this is how miracles happen. They're not far, miracles aren't far from you. You just got to take the seed and plant it right here. And I'm telling you, it will come to pass. It will absolutely work. 
And, and you know the parable, we didn't read the full thing, but uh, the harvest that comes from your seed planting is some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. What does that mean? It means, hey, look, depending on the nature of your heart will, will be your harvest. Some people's heart is really, really clean and healthy, and man, they're going to get 100-fold. Sometimes people are a little uh, working on it. They'll get only 30-fold return on their heart. So work on your garden, work on your heart, work on your heart. Make sure the weeds are out of, you want seeds in your heart, not weeds. Get all the doubts and the unbelief and the stupidity and the, all the guilt and all the, the shame and all the weird stuff that you know is not godly or holy and put kingdom stuff in there only. The more kingdom filled your heart is, oh, seeds just sprout and grow so quickly. You can get healed so quickly. Some people get healed gradually. It's not that God heals gradually. God doesn't look at people and say, I'm going to do it gradually. Get ready for a long, arduous battle. That is not from God. Don't blame this on God. This, this kind of answers some of your questions. Well, how come, how come, why not, why not? Seed time and harvest is why not. Lack of seed, lack of faith, lack of something you're supposed to be doing is why. So God never looks at it and says, I'm going to do it gradually for you and quickly for you. No, it's the way we receive it. Sometimes the ground is really ripe and ready. Sometimes it needs a little help, a little fertilizer, get some miracle grow. Find a way to get your heart healthy once again. We, we used to, in, in the healing ministry, we would teach that, look, look, let's say the water is the healing power of God. Your faucet carries that water. Uh, the, the nozzle, the, the spigot, you can turn it a little bit and get a trickle. You can turn it a lot and get a gusher. When the glass is full, you're healed. You have strong faith. You operate the kingdom principle, really full of confidence. Man, it's like turning that thing all the way open. Bam, miracles happen. If you're a little stuck, if you're a little dusty, if you're a little rusty, do it anyway. Turn it as hard as you can, and at least you get a trickle. Just leave it on. Don't touch it. It's like in here, we want the air condition to be a particular temperature. You got to change the thermostat, but you can't go back and forth and back and forth changing the thermostat. Leave it. Praise the Lord. Resolve what you need and what you believe. Back, back when I learned these truths, I had uh, been healed a couple times. I was teaching it. I was excited about it. And uh, one night I realized I was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I, I remember uh, in this corporate apartment that I had traveling back and forth every week. And I, and I remember I had this revelation. Wait a second. Wait a second. I don't have to be sick of allergies. I had had allergies all my life. I had grown up with head allergies since little child. So in elementary school, I had so many allergies, they had to put me on ActiFed. Old timers know what ActiFed was. ActiFed was great. It dried me up, but it also made me sleepy. And so my teachers, uh, I remember this was an ordeal that they called my mom saying, he's sleeping in class. It's because mom let me stay up late for one, but also because... <laughs> The, the ActiFed made you drowsy, but I had to live with ActiFed in my pocket in case the old allergies flared up. 
So all through elementary, middle school, I had ActiveFed, high school, uh, high school ActiveFed, and then about halfway through high school came Sudafed. Remember Sudafed? Little red pill, went from white pill to red pill. Little red pill, had to have that in my pocket all the time in case the old allergies flared up. Uh, had to take them all the time, especially the spring and the fall. And, uh, but it helped me, right? Didn't make you drowsy. And so I'm living on these Sudafed. Still had Sudafed when I was 26 years old. And, and, and one night in this apartment, I realized, wait a second, wait a second, by stripes, I'm healed. I don't have to have allergies. Now, that's what I'm talking about. You believe a scripture, a resolve. I said, that's it. I remember saying to myself, I don't have to have allergies. I went and got my Sudafed. I remember I had a couple packs of them. Threw them away. Never had another allergy since. Except when I was tested the next year and the next year. And allergies tried to come. I started to worry. And then I thought, no, 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 no. What was happening? My, my garden was full of an allergy-free miracle. Had a whole allergy-free tree delivered from allergies in my garden. And little weeds started to pop, started to pop up. I had to pluck, you have to pluck the weeds up. You have to pluck up the doubt, resist the devil if he tries to come back. And I did that for about two, two and a half years. I resisted the devil. And then I was totally free all the way until now. That's like 70 years later. Well, a lot, listen, I've spent a lifetime with no allergies now. First half of my life, allergies. Second half of my life, no allergies. Because I found the truth and planted that seed and did not waver. I just went to sleep, got up, went to sleep and got up. And the miracle happened. You're going to have to get serious and get some resolve. You can't be nebulous in prayer. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Turn to Galatians chapter six. Pastor Joni quoted uh, Luke chapter six, verse 38. Given it shall be given. That's part of the seed time process. Whatever we give, we receive. If you want to have peace in your life, be a peacemaker. Amen. If you want to be forgiven, be a forgiver. If you want to uh, receive mercy from people, be merciful to people. If you want to be judged by everybody, if you want to be judged by everybody, judge them. Praise the Lord. This seed time principle works for everything, okay? So you have to guard your heart because it, it's not only you actively deciding, I'm going to believe something and plan it. It's also, by default, happens to us accidentally. You get seed planted in your heart. And if you don't guard your heart, it'll grow some weird, twisted tree for you. That's how, listen, that's how bad habits start. They start with a seed. That's how sins start. That's, that's how terrible, terrible be, behavior problems start. They start with a seed. That's how fears begin in your life. Amen. If you feel like you're just burdened with anxiety and fears, it happened because a seed got planted and no one helped you pluck it. Usually as a child or a teenager. Or as an adult, you can recognize what you allowed to get into your heart. You get a thought of fear or worry or anxiety, don't you let it get in you. 
Don't mold it around. Don't let it get stuck in. You know, you pluck that dude out. Well, I forgot. Yeah, because you weren't in church. Think of all those years you weren't in church. Think of how many weeks and months and years you were not in church being reminded that you better catch your thoughts and take every thought captive. And then somebody has a terrible harvest in life. Like, well, I don't know why this happened. It's because you did nothing. You do nothing. You did nothing. You learned nothing. You exercised nothing. You had no faith in anything. Uh, let's say you see some commercial about some medicine to solve some disease that you don't even have. And you go look it up. I'm going to go look this up. I'm going to go look this up. See if, I, see if I got any symptoms. That's a seed. That's a seed. It might be the most obscure symptom that you think, oh, I think I did. I, I did have a little funny feeling in my left pinky. You just planted a seed in your heart. Don't let those... Turn that, mute that, stop looking at that stuff. They think they're helping, but they're planting a lot of bad seed. Your teenager hears that there's some website, that XYZ, that's a seed. Can't always protect everything you hear, but you have to know how to pluck it up and not go for it. Like, don't look now, but there's a bus outside with wild animals in it. You wouldn't have done that if I said don't. If I hadn't have said don't look, you wouldn't have looked. And that's why we don't do a whole lot of sin preaching in here. If I keep saying don't, 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 you're like, well, maybe I should. I don't know. Why is it such a big deal? <laughs> Got to be careful of some of the seed. A child hears parents degrading each other over some ridiculous issue in the house. That's a seed. Gives them a bad feeling and a bad thought. Fears, the children develop fears because of the way the parents talk. You're planting seed in the kids. You've got to be careful of those things. <clears throat> uh, one of our church members has been with us for a long, long time. She had, she had reminded me of this every time I'd teach on this. She said, she said when I was a, a kid, I watched, uh, uh, well, if I say the name of the show, you'll go look it up. So I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it's a show about... These teenagers who had to go to detention, they're sitting around in detention day. And that was, it was, you know, maybe a cute show or whatever, but there was one of the kids was a bad boy. She said, after watching that as a teenager, I wanted to go date a bad boy, so I did. Strange, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> same lady talked about, she saw that, that movie, I hate to say the name, you go look it up. See, that's a seed, right? Of uh, some, some terrible uh, drug dealer show. And they had a wife who did nothing but made herself pretty and went to clubs. She said, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Just sit around, make myself pretty and go to clubs. You got to be careful. You got to filter something. What your kids watch, what you watch. I tell my story, you know, I saw uh, a show. I can't tell you the name. You go look it up. <laughs> But the, the hero in the show was, he drove a, a black Ford pickup truck. Cool looking. Man, I like that. I saw, saw the show when I was about 11. Man, that was a cool looking truck. Guess what my first vehicle I purchased after college was? It was a black Ford pickup truck. But this one, mine had four wheel drive. His didn't have four wheel drive, but 
desires get chosen as a kid many times. And that, that, that might have been an innocent one, but you get the picture, don't you? Kids today watching the Kardashians. Now they got implants all over themselves. Where's that come from? It comes from seed gets in us and cultivates and comes out as a harvest. Hopefully what you're putting in is good because that's what harvest you're getting. Every decision is a seed. Attitudes are a seed. That's one reason you got to drive bad attitude out of your kids while they're young. Or they'll grow up to be bad adults that you don't even want to hang out with. Love is a seed. Galatians 6, are you there? Everything you see on media is a seed. People think that media uh, and music is a, is a way to uh, express their problems and their emotional distress and tragedies and pains because it helps, it helps them get it off their chest. But in doing so, it plants seed in everybody else. I'm not a fan of artistic of art, including tragedy. I'm not a fan of it. I think it's ruined culture. Well, I got this, it's my artistic expression to, to share what I went through. We don't want the bad stuff. It's not good for people to partake of other men's sins. The music industry is, is, is completely ruined, completely ruined. Back in the 30s, it was just, you know, just the goofiest, just the goofiest music. You know, let's just have a good time. But over time, since we have freedom in the country and you can't censor music, it's gone with the culture. And now it's spread, it, it has spread, the music industry has spread filth through the whole world with seed. I don't want to know of your terrible life. I got my own stuff to deal with. If you're going to give anything to the world, give hope. In the old movies, the hero always won. That gives hope. Oh no, we got to make it more real. No, 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 no. We're already living reality. We want hope. It's just weird how, how the, the culture of the world always drives down into sin and destruction and filth. It's all true though, right? Listen, you have a heart that you have to guard. You have to plant good stuff. And if you'll start doing it on purpose, you'll start seeing God getting involved in your life. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful Christianity for you. Even though the world is still dirty. Okay, don't let that in you. Don't let that in and cause you to have a bad attitude. That's why we say you stop watching some of those things and listening to all the news and getting yourself all wound up over stuff that's happening out there. It's going to ruin your heart. It's going to mess up your clean garden. It's going to cause you not to get miracles when you need them. It's going to cause you not even to hear God. You got so many weeds in your garden. It's like, I don't know. I think God may be saying something, but I can't get through the weeds to hear him. Praise the Lord. All right, Galatians, final scripture. 
Galatians chapter four, uh, 6, verse 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You can include this in many different uh, teaching subjects. Just recognize what you plant, you'll get. The seed you plant is the harvest you get. Okay. Now, if you've planted bad seed in your life, today's the day you get to pluck them up. Okay. We'll pluck. You can pluck up bad seeds by faith. You don't have to pay for the sins of the past if you catch them in time. Really? You use your faith to pluck up bad seeds. God forgets it. You can forget it. I mean, unless you're pregnant. And then you're going to have the baby. You see what I mean? There's some things that are a little harder to, like if you're already married, uh, you're stuck. If you're married and you don't like it, yeah, you're stuck still. So there's some things that you can't really pluck up. Like, you know, honey, I'm going to pluck you up today. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about plucking up your doubts, plucking up your wrong thinking, plucking up sins, plucking up bad habits, plucking up lifestyle, plucking up stupidity. We'll, we'll do that today. You, you got to chop, chop down wrong trees in your garden. If you find that you have a stronghold or a temptation or some bad thing, chop that tree down. How do you chop it down? Well, first of all, stop watering it. Stop thinking on it. Stop dwelling on it. Put some gap between and you'll start drying that thing up like your grass in Houston. <laughs> drying up. Some of it's just dead now. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. You gotta pray in tongues. Get some power. Fight the temptation. Three weeks in a row, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, huh, looks like I'm chopping this thing down. Feels a little weaker. Pray a little longer. Read some scripture. Do something else instead of water in your weed. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Got it? There's more, there's more tools to chop down your tree. We don't have time to get to them. Romans 6, Romans 8 has some in there, but it has to do with what you believe and what you say and what you believe and what you say. If you want to chop down weeds that have grown into trees, it's what you believe and what you say. It's, it's all about what you believe and what you say. It's about what you believe and what you say, so start believing it right and saying it right. Like you can find over in Romans 8, sin shall not have dominion over you. Say that out loud. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Okay, that's one out of 10,000 times you need to say it. Go home and say it 10,000 times in a week. Just do it 10,000, that's all. Count them. I don't care if you count them, but say them 10,000 times. Watch what happens. He that is dead, Romans 6, he that is dead is freed from sin. I'm dead. I'm dead to myself. I was buried in that baptism thing. I'm risen with Christ. My old man is dead. I'm dead. He that is dead is freed from sin. Say that out loud. He that is dead 
is freed from sin. That's a, that's a spiritual truth that you have to force to come to pass in your life by planting it into your own garden, watering it and watering it and watering it until all of a sudden, I'm a dead man. You want to go sin? I'm a dead man. Jesse Duplantis told this story. Got in the elevator. There was two prostitutes in the elevator. And they, they propositioned him. He said, oh, no, I'm a dead man. <laughs> and they looked at him and said, oh, we understand. <laughs> That's how you handle it. You, you get yourself so, you grow your dead to self tree to where you're not moved and you can make it. Miracles happen because you decide something. Amen. Anybody need a miracle in here? Anybody would like God to answer a prayer in here? Amen. All right. You know any scripture about it? I'll just give you a general one. Anything you ask believing, you shall receive. Let, let's go ahead and plant that seed. Let's go ahead and plant that seed together. Say, okay, Lord, Lord I've asked you, I've asked you and, I'm and I'm believing. And therefore, I'm receiving. And therefore I'm receiving. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. All right, now, God, right. I've asked you. I'm believing, I'm believing and, I'm and I'm receiving. I receive it now. Receive it. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Amen. That settles it. Amen. Woo! I'm getting it. <laughs> you, you, get, you get miracles because you really decided. That's really how you get miracles. You get it because you decided it and because you said it. And really, you only had to say it one time. Or we could say your final time to say it. That's it. That's enough. Now, next week, just water a little bit. Thanks, God, for answering me. Thanks for hearing me. I already prayed it. Glory to God. I remember that scripture. I'm going to go ahead and quote it now. Just as a little water, a little sprinkle on my garden. And then go to sleep. And then get up. Live your life. But stay firm. If you, if you find any doubts, if you find any worries, if you find any hesitation from that previous prayer... Or that uncertain, if you find any uncertainty, pluck that up. Oh, no, 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 I already prayed it. No, 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 I ain't worried. Uh, 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 I ain't worried. That's me keeping my garden clean. If you keep your garden clean, you'll get a hundredfold return. Some of you'd be happy with 60-fold return. It's all about your heart. It's all about the kingdom within you. That means it's all about the seeds you plant inside your heart. You want to make it through school? Say it. Say, I'm passing. I'm making it. I'm making all A's and B's. I'm getting a good job. I've got a future. God's got me on course. God's guiding every step of mine. You got kids that you're wondering what their future is going to be like? Plant some good seed in them. Hey, you're going to do wonderful in high school. Don't you even worry about it. You're going to study hard. You're going to be a conscientious kid. I'm trusting God. You can trust God. You're going to graduate with honors. You're going to make it. You're going to go to college. You're going to get educated. You're going to have a business. You're going to be a business person. You're going to do something wonderful with your life. I just see it. I just know it. I just know it. I believe it. You believe it, son? Yep. Where are you going to go after high school? The reason kids turn 18, graduate high school, and have no clue what to do is because no seed was planted. So here, I don't, tell, I don't ask kids, what are you going to do after high school? It's what are you going to do after college? Where are you going to go to college? I remember as a child, when I was five, six, seven years old, my, parent, my grandparents would say, well, Chaz, 
What are you going to be when you grow up? I don't know. Where are you, what are you going to be in college? When you go to college, I wonder what you're going to study. What, what do you think you're going to say? I'm thinking, oh. they said, maybe, maybe you'll be an engineer. That's what they would say. Maybe you'll be an engineer. I'm like, an engineer? Like a train engineer? <laughs> toot, toot. I don't have anything against train engineers if you're one. But I'm thinking that's a little boring. Just sitting in that thing. It's a little boring. I don't think I want to be an engineer. Guess what I became? I became an engineer. Just a little seed. Just, it, it, it does something to you. But I knew this. I was going to college. There was no question in my mind. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. Nowadays, it's a little different. You can get educated even without college, but you better get educated. You better be sharper than those that did go to college. Now, you can't, you can't, get, you can't be an engineer or a doctor if you don't go to college. There's some professions you can't be if you don't go get a higher education. But there's a whole lot of other jobs these days, especially in America, that you can do without having to go to formal college. I get that. You understand? Bottom line is the seed you plant in your children is important now. It's important now. Amen. And if you're late to the game, better start now. If you have gray hair, clean your garden out, start over right now. Start planting seed right now. You can get you a good tree right now. People, people look at their life and say, you know, it's, I've just ruined things. Well, the best time to plant a tree was when? 20 years ago. What's the second best time to plant a tree? Plant it today. Stop being so negative and pessimistic. Plant your tree today. No, it's going to take forever. It may not. You get that attitude out of you. It, it may not. Everybody stand. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right, enough has been said about the Lord Jesus Christ today. He's the Lord of all. He's the Savior of our soul. He came to the earth just for you. If you believe that and are not yet born again, I'm going to ask you to come down here. I want you to be born again today. Today's your day to be born again. Enough has been said for you to enter the kingdom of God. If you don't feel like you're born again and in the kingdom, I want you to come down. We're going to pray for you. Just hustle down here right now. Do it with confidence and boldness and courage. If you're not saved, we want you to be saved. Not born again, got to get born again. Everybody's got to get born again. Look to your person to the next, to the side of you and tell them everybody's got to get born again. Got to get born again. Nothing counts if you don't get born again. So we want you to be saved and born again. Is there anybody here that needs to be born again? Come on down. Yeah, yeah. Come on. All right, listen. Just, just in case they're a little hesitant or stuck in the middle of a row. Let's say it with all of our heart. Just say it together. Now, I want you to mean it. If you, if you haven't ever done it like this, I want you to mean it. Because some people think, well, I grew up saved. Not really. So say it. Right now, say, God, God I, do I do believe in Jesus. And I want to be saved. I want to be Forgive me my sin. Me my sin. Come, into my life. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. With your spirit. And write my name in heaven. Because from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. 
Amen. 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 All right. Praise the Lord. That's, you. That's the first step for everybody. You got you to receive Jesus, and then you got to learn. You got to learn his ways. You got to follow him and listen so that you can be free. All right? Is everybody happy? Glory to God. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. We praise you. Give you honor. We praise you and we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Brepone, ke praide, ke praide, ke praide. And what about Baravasoktike? What about what about Brakata? What about Selefrike? He's speaking to some of you. He's saying, What about what you already know to do? What about that? What about what you already know? What about that? Thank you, Father. Brekese, Brekese, and Defosa, and Defosa, and Defosa. And defosa. So let him talk to you. That's you. What about that in your garden? What about what you already know? Now what will you do? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right. And let me just interpret that a little bit with some teaching. So you already know in your heart, you know what to do. Okay. We, we know the Bible says that we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. In your heart, you know. It could be a sin. It could be a relationship. You know. You know. The answer is no. It could be a decision in business. It could be something financially. You know. What are you going to do now? It's in your garden. Is, is it right? Is it supposed to grow in your garden, in, in the kingdom within you? So you got to deal with that. All right? So the Lord's just reminding you. You, you know some things, now, now do some stuff with it. Chop it if it's bad, water it if it's good. Amen. It could be a dream or a direction. You know. Amen. What are you going to do with that? Got it? Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.